0: To Rock Hard Caucus, the only podcast produced in Iowa featuring 100% correct opinions.
1: The only podcast produced in Iowa, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: just cut it off there, actually. Uh, I'm Justin. I'm here with Chuck, Hello. Natalie, and Evan. What up? We're all back. Present. Uh, today, we're going to start off with a lighter topic. How do you guys feel about the store Ray Gun?
1: Um, well, I'll start with a little story. My sister went uh, Christmas shopping a couple of years ago at Raygun to buy things for people such as me. And <laughs> uh, she, she uh, looked around the store and she did buy me um, two nice little wooden coasters that have basically like the street layout of both Des Moines and Cedar Rapids since those are the two cities that I've lived in for most of my life. And uh, I still have them on my desk, but uh, she did. She was like, I went to Raygun and I went shopping and I was looking at all the stuff there, and I basically couldn't find anything that would appeal to you in any way <laughs> whatsoever. <laughs> and so I picked these out, and I do like them. And so that's good. But yeah, I think uh, in general, the stuff, I'll just say it doesn't appeal to me personally. <laughs> I think it's a little bit on the uh, corny side. You might want to explain what raygun actually is for people who might not know. I've never actually been inside
2: of a raygun before. I I know where it is. It's like on the it's it's down kind of by the market, isn't it? <clears throat> like on that little corner spot. On the yeah, bottom it's floor. across
3: the street from it. Yeah.
2: Um, I've seen t-shirts from it before, and it's all like, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's all kind of really like, cringy shit to me. Like I I I can kind of, I can see that the 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 type of personality that that stuff is for. Uh, it kind of makes me think of like it's like a tribal armband but it's like on a t-shirt just you don't really <laughs> have like yeah slightly different demographic but you, you want a t-shirt on with something on it that sort of like lumps you in as part of this kaross or whatever and it just kind of ends up coming out kind of yeah, yeah not very, not very good <laughs>
1: so it's a company that just started in des moines and i they just make T-shirts that all have the same font on them. I don't know what yeah. font
3: that
0: is. Does anyone it's know? The same know.
2: structure too. It's like, like,
3: it's like block letters. Yeah, block
2: lettering, like it's very like, closely bracketed lines.
0: Yeah, they uh, we're saying Reagan, not Reagan. You know, yeah. we're saying R A Y G U uh, N. They make very snarky liberal clothing and yeah. other. Objects. They
1: mostly make very like Iowa-specific stuff. A lot of it isn't necessarily like liberal, but a lot of it is. like That is a
0: big chunk of it, though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I described it earlier this week as hot topic for Rachel Maddow's audience. Exactly. Hundred
1: thousand percent.
0: I forgot about that. <laughs> Uh, and we're we all kind of feel the same about them uh they're very corny and they make us roll our eyes and sigh uh but the reason we're really kind of going in on them today is uh, there was that tupac story like a month or so ago uh where uh natal you know more about this guy but this guy jerry foxhoven was fired by our governor and uh allegedly it's because he kept sending emails about tupac right uh i
3: don't know what happened with the thing i i mean he's a medicaid privatization guy but i didn't really know that i'm gonna look up the tupac story
1: people speculated that it was because of the tupac emails but i don't think that there was ever anything that was actually like proven about it he was just right.
3: like obsessed with Tupac, right? Apparently. Yeah, yeah,
1: he was obsessed with Tupac. He had like a weekly email, I guess, with like Tupac lyrics. And then I guess the day that he got fired, there was like a party that he threw that was like Tupac themed.
2: This dude sounds awesome. <laughs> like, what's, what's <laughs> the problem? Like, why are we talking I mean, about this?
1: He's an old white guy who cuts fucking <laughs> like medical shit.
2: <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I guess
1: there's
0: that too.
3: What did the party consist of?
1: I mean, it was like, I think he had like a cake or something i might be making this up
0: but the important part is he's you know a central figure in the republican state government uh you know actively making people's lives worse in this state but when the tupac story was coming out uh Ray decided to capitalize on that they made a t-shirt that says iowa needs tupac and all this other cheesy stuff and the very first uh Iowa Needs Tupac t-shirt off of the press, went to Jerry Foxhoven himself, and nice. they have a blog post featuring a, a photo of the two guys that run Ray Gun along with Jerry Foxhoven holding his brand new t-shirt. They're all having a great time.
2: Damn, dude. Real recognize real for sure.
0: <laughs> Can
3: I take a quick digression to tell you what exactly happened with him and Tupac? Sure. I'll yes. yes absolutely. Okay, so he took on the position as uh, the HHS head um, in 2017, and in the two years that he did that, he sent 350 pages worth of Tupac fan material.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's what's he up. He
3: also uh, celebrated holidays and special occasions, all with Tupac-themed treats and messages.
2: <laughs> He's like, uh, like having a really cool teacher in high school that does stuff like that to try to appeal to the students, but you know is just a huge fucking racist most likely. Yeah,
3: he established Tupac Fridays. <laughs> Tupac.
2: This dude's living in 3019 for sure.
3: Oh my god, he said he said um the lyrics from Changes keep him inspired at the DHS which his whole thing is privatizing Medicaid. So, like, just ruthless cuts against the poor. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, I think of Tupac when I think of that stuff also in his defense.
1: <laughs> California loving was
2: actually about. He,
3: the request for him to resign came after he sent an email to over 4,000 employees celebrating Tupac's birthday.
2: <laughs> nice.
1: Oh, I guess I was wrong about the party.
3: Yeah, no, he did throw parties.
1: Oh, okay. At no, okay, Evan, you're
3: right. He okay. And he brought like um hundreds of boxes of Tupac cookies in for his birthday party. That's wild. So yes, you're right about the party.
0: Okay. <laughs> okay, you said Tupac Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. The guy's name is fucking Tupac. Tupac Tuesdays is the <laughs> no. obvious choice. Oh,
2: there. man, oh, what a dumbass.
1: Yeah, that God. is a missed opportunity for sure. So I think we uh, went and did some research at Raygun. Do you want to share their favorite, favorite or least favorite?
0: Yes, (laughs) I uh, I took a bunch of pictures of stuff in the IO City Raygun store. I just kind of silently wandered around the store taking photos of things and (laughs) very normal behavior. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I felt very cool,
1: like I was on a secret mission, (laughs) like I was an intelligence agent for the U.S. government. Try to stomp out these, like, heartless liberals.
3: <laughs> did, you, did you buy anything or just take pictures? No,
0: hell no. <laughs> no way, I'm not buying anything.
1: Like I said, I have two ray gun items. I like them, but <laughs> they were a gift. I, I
3: bought my sister a card. I just felt too weird. did
0: not do it. <laughs> uh, so I... I was thinking this could maybe be a recurring segment, like a worst of ray gun thing. But uh I'm gonna focus on the ranch selection. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh-huh. They have a lot of stuff about ranch.
2: <laughs> ranch and bushlight.
1: And bushlight. They have a lot of stuff about bushlight and a lot of stuff about grilling, like pork.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Like they do have
1: some stuff that appeals to the conservative audience. Dude, I hate the story
2: so much already. <laughs> I don't know why this is so fucking funny to me. i never really given it much thought about this store existing. And the it, it is the pretty funny. So it's,
3: I have, yeah. listen, I have a t-shirt that's a, a cat with a bazooka, and it says, watch out, Donald, this one's armed. <laughs> <laughs> that my mother-in-law. Got me. <laughs> and I have a t-shirt that says, Mount Nasty with a picture of four (laughs) different one of them's hillary clinton and one of them's uh ruth Bader ginsburg like four different faces um i like have this (laughs) thing where first of all i was a shit like three years ago and unironically probably would have bought a resist (laughs) t-shirt um yeah it's bad i had to admit that but then also if you're like a feminist in public, all of your friends and family members will buy you, like, these kinds of horrible, liberal gifts. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, they have a whole (laughs) section of the store that's dedicated to, like, identity stuff.
0: Girl boss. You should
2: be a little more grateful. It's empowering.
3: (laughs) 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 like, I just get so many gifts that are, like, so misguided. I have an American Needs Nasty Women t-shirt and, like, (laughs) Nice.
0: (laughs) Okay, Mount Nasty, uh, it's it's Mount Rushmore, of course, and it features the faces of Hillary Clinton, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Elizabeth Warren, and Michelle Obama.
2: Mm. Is that supposed to be, like, insulting when they call it Mount Nasty, or is that like...
3: <laughs> no, that's supposed to be good.
0: What's the nasty
1: women thing? It's because it's oh, Trump right. calls, called Hillary a nasty woman.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. nice, yeah. That's, that's, that's good. I, lo- I love our normal country. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I took a picture of one that says, yes, gay people live in Iowa. And I was like, I think we're the first state to legalize gay marriage. And there was a lot of yeah. gay people yeah. getting married here. So it's yeah. like, I'm not sure who was under the impression that there weren't gay people in Iowa. In fact, I think most people are under the impression that there are gay people everywhere because there there are.
0: Um, on the subject of things I was confused by in Ray Gun, uh, they had a postcard that's sort of like the John Deere... Yellow text on green background, and it says Iowa, or it says America needs lesbian farmers.
1: Yeah. Oh, I took a picture of that one. I was like,
2: What does that mean? <laughs> that, and that's
1: a thing. Let it me explain means exactly that.
0: what it
2: means.
1: <laughs> like, <laughs> there's no <laughs> America needs farmers is like a thing. Um, yeah. It's on the Iowa Hawkeyes football helmets. It says yep. A and F. It's like a. I don't know exactly what the uh, – like if there's an organization behind it or something, but it's just like a pro-farmer slogan. And so yeah. it's a take on that basically.
0: But yeah, I
1: mean – But it also doesn't make any sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I, lesbian farmers, that sounds cool to me, but I, where is this coming from?
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, real quick too. Uh, so the I actually know the America Needs Farmers thing. Um, America Needs Farmers – uh, that started in like the mid 80s, I want to say. And it was in the midst of some sort of crisis that claimed like a whole bunch of fucking farms in Iowa. And uh, there was a guy that, I mean, a lot of you, you guys probably know Hayden Fry who coached the oh, yeah. Hawkeyes. Yeah, very popular. Fry Fest down there.
1: The, the TV show Coach was based on his yeah. life. <laughs> yeah, basically. Oh, it, wow. I didn't know it, that.
3: Oh, I didn't know that. Yep.
2: And uh, I think that he actually started the America Needs Farmers thing and he created the decal. Uh, oh. To put on their helmets. And it's just, it's still a thing today. It, it's
1: a sticker. Like, I see
2: cars like almost every day that
1: have American Needs Farmers stickers yeah. on them.
2: Yeah. So that's, that's a Hayden Fry thing. Um, it's, and I believe in 1985, they were the top team in the country for a few weeks during the season. They won the Big Ten and they also um, went to the Rolls Bowl that year. Uh, they played in Ohio State and that and was they the lost. first time. They did lose, and that was the first uh, game where they had the American Needs Farmer sticker on their helmets. So I remember there was like, um, well, obviously I don't remember it. I wasn't alive in 1985, <laughs> but I remember reading something about that being the first appearance of it. And uh, he also, Hayden Fry, as a result, received a honorary Iowa Farm Bureau membership that year. Nice.
0: Hayden Fry, well known lesbian,
2: <laughs> <laughs> well known gay rights activist. <laughs> in, yeah. in fry, yeah, i uh, <laughs> in the Bobby Knight boat.
1: I I don't think he probably would have been very supportive of Gary,
2: Not at all. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man. Uh, another t-shirt, and I know there's a couple in this vein. Uh, I listened to NPR before it was cool, and it's a very strange to me because I listened to NPR and thought it was cool, and then realized it is very much not cool. And, <laughs> and that it is uh, actually pretty much uh, uh, whitewashing of the status quo. It's mm-hmm.
3: total shilling for imperialism.
1: It's, it's, they pretend they don't have an objective or a, a perspective and right. flatten everything into two different opposing views.
3: Yeah, I
0: listened to NPR before I was cool.
3: <laughs> that would be a good shirt. Let's make those. <laughs> 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 um, there is one I'm looking at. I'm looking through the pictures I took, and it's a onesie and it says, I've listened to NPR since conception. And that is just Ooh. so upsetting. <laughs> my dad jizzed to Steve keep's voice.
2: <laughs> 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 oh no. <laughs> my, my mother can't reach orgasm without hearing the On Point theme song. <laughs> <laughs> I remember listening to I used to listen to that at work in the mornings like years ago. This was probably like seven or eight years ago I'd listen to on point in the morning at work. And, oh I hate um, that show. They, I can't and that guy's the a guy.
1: fucking creep. Uh Tom yeah. what's his not name?
3: Tom Ashbrook.
1: Yeah, yeah, he got outed bad. as being like a complete maniacal asshole.
3: Yeah, yeah. was total he a sex
1: pest sure. or just like a you no? Know, did that, thing?
3: but then also Both. just a relentlessly abusive boss.
1: He was like an oh, a, nice. incredibly abusive to his employees and also very sexist and like creepy.
3: I
2: remember this is this is a while ago. Like I said, six seven years ago, I was at work and they were talking to somebody, and the, the person they were talking to was like, "Well, uh, you know, your show obviously has a very clear liberal bias," and his reply was just. That's by design, sir. <laughs> I don't think I listened to it much after that.
0: <laughs> uh, you want to get into the ranch stuff? This is the stuff yes. I hate the most. Okay, so but
1: you you have a aversion to ranch, though. I mean, yeah, I I hate the stuff. You have a personal itself. bias against ranch.
0: Ranch is disgusting to me. It's like uh, sour sorry. milk with flakes of garlic in it, or something. <laughs>
2: It, it exists solely as a masking agent. Like, there's no reason to use it unless you hate the food you're eating and you want to make it taste like the, something else. That's even worse sometimes. Like putting it, putting ranch dressing on your salad. Like, I, I don't understand it. Uh, especially if it's like a nice salad. Uh, you don't need. And by the way, guys, you don't need. It is not like, my choice. Caesar. You're right. You don't need Caesar. You don't need ranch. You don't need French dressing. All you need it's good for you, is a bit of olive oil, salt, pepper, a bit of lemon. That's all you need. Olive oil is the fountain of youth. It'll make you live forever, baby. <laughs>
0: <Maybe>. <laughs> uh So Reagan has a series of ranch-themed products because at a Kirsten Gillibrand uh, campaign event, rest in peace, a few months ago, oh. there was some lady who had to like sneak past her to, quote, I'm just trying to get some ranch. Oh, <laughs>
1: <man>. <laughs> I remember that. That was amazing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Oh, I'm gonna squeeze on behind you there. Sneak on by here. <laughs>
2: oh yeah,
0: yeah. So this, I, I have, I have nothing against this lady other than her desire for ranch, which is disgusting, of course. Uh, but she became sort of a brief minor celebrity, kind of a Ken Bone type figure, Uh-oh. briefly.
2: <laughs> My favorite horny undecided voter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Just sort of like a, a regular person who happens to end up in a campaign moment. And get some media attention. Uh, and Reagan has a promotional photo of her wearing the T-shirt that they made based on her incident. It just it says "just trying to get some ranch," and she's holding two bottles of ranch. Which good for her, but ranch no good.
3: Well, it's just trying to be like inside joke.
0: All right, I've got three stickers here, ranch themed. One says "same ranch, different day," and a. Drawings of a bunch of bottles of ranch. One that says, is this heaven? No, it's ranch.
2: Huh. I'm getting angry. Please stop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and a third one that simply says, pass the ranch. <laughs> s- simplest is best, I guess. Uh, there's a koozie that says, I'd rather be drinking ranch.
2: Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> so it doesn't gross. say that. You're yep, making that up.
0: I've got it right here. I'd rather be drinking <laughs> Who the fuck is that for? <laughs> uh, side note, there was another koozie near it that said, I'd rather be drinking bacon, which was very epic.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. I feel... It's like the parallels. It's just like the epic mealtime store for fucking Iowa. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. It really. Just
1: there's everything. a lot of food related, and <laughs> mm-hmm. there's a lot of bushlight,
0: and yeah. Uh, and I've got two different pairs of socks here. Uh, one features very many tiny bottles of ranch drawn on it. The other pair of socks says, "Just trying to get some ranch with one." large drawing of a bottle of ranch.
2: <laughs> you wear this shirt and the socks at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't fucking believe this store exists, dude. <laughs> they probably make so much money, too. <laughs> I know, yeah. They make so, so much, much money. market. I believe in the free market
3: now. <laughs> <laughs> they have one in Chicago now.
2: Yeah, oh, wow. they're expanding,
1: and man. And
3: Kansas City. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. (laughs) They're growing like they're metastasizing like a fucking tumor.
1: (laughs) Oh, speaking of Kansas City, I have two ones I took a picture of. Don't meth with Kansas and don't meth with Missouri, which is like a little bit lacking in self awareness and also just kind of mean. Yeah, Yeah, that's not funny. That's not really funny. I mean, Iowa has a meth problem as well.
2: Like (laughs) I mean Absolutely. You ever been, like, Kowalski before? Holy fuck. Yeah.
0: Yep.
3: It's like a, a sickness of desperation. Like, ugh.
0: Yeah, that's a little little gross. Tom Arnold's sister was, like, a mega meth drug lord, right? <laughs> really? You guys know about uh, that? No, I you don't. know
2: what? That sounds familiar.
0: Yeah. Look it up, everyone. Uh,
1: <laughs> Tom Arnold, the most prominent Iowan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right behind
2: Kurt Warner. Yeah. <laughs>
3: Oh my God, I'm looking at a picture I took, and it was so long ago that I went to Reagan that I forgot, like when I was also cruising around like a weirdo. This is a picture of Justin Trudeau themed socks.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) What are those doing there? Great timing. Yeah, great timing.
3: Let's go and see if they moved it. You're
2: gonna have to remove them from the shelves within a week. I, I don't think Justin Trudeau's a racist. I think that he's just a Raiders fan. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: you know How many pictures of he's white in the dudes black I've hole? Seen? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's in the black hole at Oakland Raiders. At game, Oakland Coliseum. With a bunch of other white dudes painted black, wearing <laughs> <laughs> He's, like dressing up like a Mad Max character.
3: Wait, do they? Do they really paint their faces? First? Oh
2: yeah, <laughs> dude. Oh yeah. I've seen all. Usually it's silver. Like a lot of guys will paint themselves silver, but like there's plenty of white dudes that's just like like painted totally solid black. black. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're wearing like spiked shoulder pads.
3: Oh, it's so awesome. Oh, No. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have. Okay. Do you have more in in the ranch theme, Justin? Because I have some. Yeah, I do.
0: Too. Yeah, I do.
3: But you're uh, like, oh yeah.
0: <laughs> uh they even have a ranch enamel lapel pin. Mm. It's just a bottle of ranch that you can pin on your blazer for when you <laughs> appear on stage at the Democratic <laughs> debate. <laughs> <sighs> and I've got one more. All right. Uh a child's t shirt that says, Don't talk to me until I've had my ranch.
3: Hmm. <laughs> Ugh. Hilarious! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Someone could do a better one than me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would like to note that this child's T-shirt was displayed prominently right next to a book. Uh, this book is called "A Child's First Book of Trump," and it was written by Michael Ian Black.
2: <laughs> I, oh man! I was <laughs> hoping it was the the Krassenstein book <laughs> that they wrote about Robert Mueller. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like Robert, he was like shirtless. He's like a shirtless superhero. <laughs> I miss those guys. They're so cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: I found the worst, probably the dumbest item at Raygun. This is my favorite. It's a pillow. It says resist in their font and it has a little registered trademark sign at the end of it. And then Oh my god. It's just a, it's just a cartoon picture of a cat. It's just a picture of a cat and the word "resist," which is so a registered quirky. trademark. It's like all just black and white. It's like I don't understand what the cat has anything like. Cat doesn't look particularly angry. It looks kind of sad, actually. He's a pussy. It it looks like a very sad cat who is resisting. I guess it's like
0: the pussy hat thing. It's a, like a, a another abstraction.
1: It, it honestly, it is like it's like schizophrenia in a pillow form.
3: So I have a throw pillow that I took a picture of that says totally unhinged liberal.
2: Totally unhinged liberal, you said?
3: Yeah, Mm -hmm. which is apparently a thing Kim Reynolds said.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, really? That's something she would say. Mm -hmm.
3: And then I have a t-shirt that says elect Democratic women to protect all women. Ugh. Eh.
2: Yeah. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Okay, sure. I guess I'll go vote then. (laughs)
3: <laughs> a lapel pin that says reclaiming my time with a, a little picture of Maxine Waters
4: yep um yeah.
3: we got some good cutouts of Na- the Nancy Pelosi clapping is no. on tons, tons no. of their shirt. <laughs> yeah.
2: I didn't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> 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 I had, I eliminated like that from my memory completely. They I fucking hated sure. that so much, dude. As soon as I saw that happen, I'm like, dude, they're gonna have such a fucking boner over this. They're gonna get so much mileage out of this over the next month or so. See this is why Democrats fucking lose. They don't like <laughs> staying the party. They don't like doing anything new that's actually gonna fucking help people they like epic clapbacks and fucking nancy pelosi (laughs) condescendingly clapping at fucking donald trump give me a fucking break (laughs) (laughs) like just fucking spare me
0: didn't she even say that there wasn't any sort of condescension behind that yeah
2: she
1: did she
0: just she was just clapping for donald trump and it's become like a liberal symbol it
1: was a sarcastic clap though that's what makes it great
0: I thought she said it wasn't, though. <laughs> Did she <laughs> Did say it wasn't? Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. That was kind of a stupid. She should have just like it was very clearly meant to be like patronizing. So I don't, I don't know why she'd backtrack on that. Like, what do you have to gain from that? Like, you know, would you have more to gain from being like, yeah, fuck him? Like, I was just, you know, you'd think, but you know, <laughs> they're Democrats, so <laughs> what do you expect?
0: What else you got, Natalie?
3: Um, I have. They're selling Pete Buttigieg's book. Nice. They're selling everyone's book. That's right. I took a picture of everyone's there's The Truth We Hold by Kamala Harris. There yeah, there's everyone's book here. Oh yeah.
2: I think yeah. they've got Sargon of Akkad's book on NoFap also there. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to see both sides.
1: <laughs> I don't even want to pretend to know what I what you're talking about right now. <laughs>
0: oh, I also don't know what you're talking about.
3: <laughs> okay. Um, there's a, the squad, which has four pictures of, um, well, the people in this. Oh my God. I just hate that phrase so much of Ilhan, um, Presley, Talib and AOC, which one of these things are, is not like the others, but I will go yep. on my rant about how the three of <laughs> the four of them are not similar at all. At some point. Um, mm. I think that's all I got. Oh, I have a, is this heaven? No, it's high V.
1: Oh God. Oh, <laughs>
2: Nice. Oh, yeah. Let's sell Hy- the Hy-Vee shit. Yeah, Hy-Vee, which is famous for giving fuckloads of money to Republicans, and Donald <laughs> Trump specifically. <laughs> yep. Folks, shop shop Fairway. Shop Aldi's. Don't shop at fucking Hy-Vee.
1: I love corporations.
2: Yeah, there's a very lengthy article that was written about their history of contributions that either directly or indirectly benefit the Republican Party, particularly populists like Trump.
1: I know they do have profit-sharing, though, so good, good for them.
2: Yep. Shout out to my boy, James, if you're listening uh, to this one, too. (laughs) Frozen food manager, all-around good guy.
0: While we are giving points to organizations and businesses that we dislike, I do want to give Raygun one positive. Uh, Next to their postcard section at the Iowa City store, there was a little sign that said that all of their postcards were printed with union labor, so at least that's good. Nice. That is very good. I hope their t-shirts are union, too, but... Nope, not the T-shirts, just the just the postcards. <laughs> I assume it's everything, but the sign was next to the postcards.
1: It is. I didn't look. I should have looked to see what brand, like what make the T-shirts
2: were. Can you wor- imagine working in the factory that presses the raygun T-shirts, and you're just like sitting there staring at that text all day, just ka-chunk ka-chunk stamping these shirts over and over again?
0: <laughs> Don't talk to me oh until I've had my rant. Yeah. Don't talk to me until, <laughs> yeah, I've, had <laughs> to me until I've had my ranch. Don't talk to me until I've had my ranch.
3: I think they do it in store a lot of them, but that would still be terrible.
0: Uh Natalie, when you said that they have all of the candidates' books, do they have Bernie's book?
3: I did not see it in the Des Moines line.
0: Definitely not Mm. that. (laughs) 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 Um,
1: I looked around. I didn't see any Bernie stuff, honestly. I didn't see any
3: Bernie stuff. But I didn't look
1: that hard. I was only there for like 20
0: minutes.
1: (laughs) I didn't see any either. It's almost like he's not a liberal. Yeah.
0: I will say, I mean, back in the 2016 election, they made that shirt that had like a bunch of Bernie faces on it. Mm -hmm. And now seemingly he's disappeared from their merchandise selection
2: despite mm. having a very heavy presence in Iowa and having a lot of support in mm. the area, especially in, especially in Des Moines, Cedar Rapids, Iowa city area. Uh,
1: when I went to Reagan, there were two people there. Uh, they were both dressed in Pete Buttigieg shirts. Like I'm with Pete or whatever their shirts were. It was like a younger woman and like an older man. And they were talking and they were saying, my concern about Warren is that I don't know if she can carry the Senate for us. And, uh, I thought that was a little interesting because... uh,
2: Imagine those words leaving your mouth to a stranger.
1: (laughs) I have (laughs) concerns about
0: Pete Buttigieg's ability to carry the Senate.
3: (laughs) (laughs) He's never even been in national politics before.
0: Yeah, I don't know how he would be more of a win than she would for the Senate. It seems like people are enthusiastic
1: about Elizabeth Warren more so than Pete right about now.
0: Yeah, probably. I do want to mention one more just, like, totally baffling product that I saw there. Uh, This was, like, a bib for a baby. You know? You're sitting in your high chair and you need a bib so you don't spill your 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 ranch (laughs) 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 your your ranch baby food all over your nice nice ray gun onesie that says, my parents fucked to NPR. (laughs) Can you imagine someone having sex to NPR? I'm
2: imagining it right now. Yes, it's great.
0: (laughs) To protect to protect the onesie you wear a bib that says american needs journalists
3: oh <laughs> like why they
1: do
0: why on a baby
1: like why <laughs> cuz the baby's going to be a future new york times
2: editorial <laughs> columnist
3: on a, on a baby
2: can we just talk about
0: reagan every fucking week
3: i do also i have an american needs t-shirt shirt. or not t- american,
0: american needs, needs t-shirts, t-shirts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> teacher's shirt that I like.
0: Ah, okay. Yes.
3: Other than that, I have lots of pussy-themed merchandise people have given me from <laughs> <laughs>
2: Pussy-themed Natalie, merchandise. Do you have, um? do you have one of the hats? The, they should the make a t-shirt hat?
1: that just says Abhor the Baldy." <laughs> <has.
2: laughs> it's just like a cell-shaded static drawing of that woman's crotch with the little t- with like the six pubic hairs poking out from her panties. <laughs> it's like fucking like borderlands graphics
3: (laughs) (laughs) um i do i was gifted a pussy hat from my mother-in-law who made it um but she put a bunch of pom-poms on it because she didn't feel that it had enough flair
2: it's nice to have family members that care yeah (laughs) i mean even that's that's another thing too it's like sometimes uh, you know with with family members kind of Having a general idea of what your politics are and like trying to kind of take an interest in it and like kind of trying to show you that, like, yeah, this is kind of cool, even though I don't understand it, I kind of support it. Like, it's you can kind of laugh at it, but you know, I mean, it feels kind of good, you know, because my family. You know, my family is pretty poor, uh, and they really should be leftists, but most of them aren't. Uh, they've kind of—it's weird because they've kind of gone in reverse. A lot of my family was pretty conservative when I was young, but now they're kind of getting a little bit further left, which is usually kind of the opposite, I think, of what you would see in people. But you know, when you don't have a lot of money and you spend a lot of your life sort of just getting beaten down by capitalism and the free market, you know, uh, something. I think should click in your brain eventually, where you're like, you know what, this fucking blows. Like, there's something better than this. There's been something better than this. I just didn't notice it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. Amen.
3: It's a it's a very very sweet thing that my mother in law does for me. Yeah, where she tries to like connect yeah. with me on the stuff I care about, and it comes through Resistance merchandise.
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, I think <laughs> gun existing is a good thing. It's just that. It also is, mm-hmm. like, mad- maddeningly, like, <laughs> mm-hmm. ridiculous and over-the-top.
0: I have a proposal for Reagan. Uh, in their book section, I think that they should start selling copies of the Communist Manifesto.
1: Or at least the Chapo book. <laughs> Annotated version of Das Capital.
2: Yeah, Das Capital would be better. Yeah, das Capital is the good,
1: yeah, that's the good
0: shit.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a great starting point if you're interested in Marxism.
0: Yeah, you can just jump right into that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> and just
2: be flying off the shelves. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> it could be a really good subversive store but because it's where everyone's moms goes to buy them gifts
2: i can guarantee you mm-hmm. though if they had shit like that in the store you'd have conservatives freaking out and like threatening to set the place on fire
3: <laughs> that's a good yeah. point
2: i mean fuck just like a jeff klinsman like p- when people found out that he like you know was a leftist that the, Kirk- the kirkwood had long known this when people found out about it like they were threatening the school like they were straight up threatening to set the fucking school on fire they were sending the school pictures of his house and like pictures of him and shit you know like oh we know who this guy is you know they they fucking just bullied their way into getting him fucking fired and like that's why uh and the ray gun like why the fuck would they have anything that even has like a sniff of like marxism like a sniff of socialism to it people would fucking lose their goddamn minds
3: that's such a good point chuck of like People don't get mad about Ray really, normal people, because there's nothing in it that threatens any kind of power centers. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, people don't give a shit if you're selling resistance merchandise. They only get mad when you start talking about actual leftism.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, actual organized resistance.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like you're, no one flips out about Reagan because it's not actually threatening no. anything powerful. No. It's just making making money.
2: <laughs> yeah, can, can you guys imagine like cringy Reagan Antifa shirts?
0: <laughs> <laughs> America needs guillotines. America
4: needs
2: guillotines. I
0: love milkshakes. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> instead
2: of ranch, some milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me until I've milkshaked a conservative <laughs> journalist. <jerk> <laughs> Don't talk to me until I've fucking bashed Andy Go over the head.
3: <laughs> I put concrete in my milkshake <laughs> on a baby bib! Yeah. <laughs>
2: Let's just, we have to talk about Raygun every week. I'm having way too much fun. Uh, Okay. Okay, let's, we got to move on because we've spent like 40 minutes on Raygun, I think.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
4: Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Sorry. On to the
0: serious and important business of national electoral politics. Somebody got an important endorsement this week. Don't mind register headline. Elizabeth Warren nabs 2020 backing of Iowa's state treasurer. Presidential candidate Elizabeth Warren has announced the endorsement of one of Iowa's last two uncommitted Democratic elected officials, state treasurer Michael Fitzgerald. Here's a quote from Michael himself. She's the one I think can address the biggest problems we have, and that is the hollowing out of the middle class, Fitzgerald said in an interview with the Associated Press. She's clear, you understand her message, and I want her fighting for me and all of us. Asked what stood out about Warren in a field of Democrats often aligned on key issues, Fitzgerald declared that Warren is a Democrat, she is a capitalist, and she wants to make our system work. He said he'd do whatever the Warren campaign needed to help her win the caucuses.
2: So, Michael Fitzgerald, um, one of the things that's kind of interesting about him is he's actually the longest serving treasurer of anybody in the United States in history. There's never been a state treasurer that's had their job as long as this guy has. Damn wow. Yeah, he's been the treasurer since nineteen eighty
0: three. Damn. Wow, that's pretty serious. Yeah. <laughs> it's like forty years, damn.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's only sixty seven years old too, so he took this job like when he was like younger than we are. To
0: hmm
3: Just stayed in it forever.
0: We should plug the uh the Iowa State Treasure Hunt website for our listeners. Great
2: Iowa treasure hunt. Yeah. Go to <laughs> yeah. the Great Iowa Treasure Hunt, put in your name. You might got some. You might have some scratch coming your way. So, <laughs> search your name. Search your family members' names. Uh, I had some money on there. I found some money from my grandma. So, I guess that's that's the good thing that he's done.
0: Uh, that URL is greatiowatreasurehunt.gov.
2: Mm-hmm. Another thing you mentioned is he mentions was it the hollowing out of the middle class. Yes, correct. How? I I really hate hearing the term middle class and middle America because to me, whenever I hear that. There's there's like no parameter to that. Like how nope. I I feel like the the def like the, the definition of the lower class is pretty universal. The definition of the wealthy class I believe is also pretty universal. But when you start talking about the the middle class, w- w- what what are the brackets for that? Like what what are you fucking talking about? Are you talking about people that like you know uh, family of you know family of four, family of three or whatever you know two both employed yada yada yada. I whenever I hear it. I think it's kind of fucking lazy, honestly.
1: Well, the definition of middle class has steadily decreased from, you know, like, I guess I'm probably meaning like median income, which, I mean, if you're going to go by that, then like the middle class has been losing ground. Yeah,
3: I saw a study about the median income thing that said when you ask people if they are middle class, anyone from income bracket of $44,000 a year up to $250,000 a year will all say I'm middle class. Mm -hmm. That's a useless term then.
2: Absolutely. So according to the um, last census done in 2017, the um, median household income in Iowa was right around $58,000. So like, okay, so you're gonna use that as like your your median point if we're talking strictly income. Uh like how far does the slider go one way, how far does the slider go another way?
3: It goes up right. to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And you're still middle class <laughs> That's according to so when right. You right. Ask people. Yeah. <laughs> That's so
2: fucking dumb.
3: Yeah, yeah, the
0: idea that the idea that a family pulling in fifty thousand dollars a year has a similar life to a family pulling in $250,000 a year is just absolutely absurd.
1: Um, I had a, a friend who I was good friends with in elementary school, who I was friends with on Facebook. And during the Obama years, when Obama decided to increase taxes on the bracket earning more than $250,000 a year, uh, my friend posted, who is also from a very wealthy background, his father is a CEO of a major like medical company, not a major, but mm-hmm. a, a medical company, but um, yeah, he uh, posted basically that Obama was raising taxes on the middle class, and I posted that uh, we were you know middle class is if you make more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, you are not middle class by any fucking standard, <laughs> right. <laughs> at all, and he just deleted me on Facebook. But that's just kind of who I am. I get into stupid internet slap fights. <laughs>
2: I think we all do. I think that's one of the hallmarks of our yeah, show. Yeah, that is we true.
1: All, <laughs> we all do that on fronts. That is, yeah. that is true.
3: Yeah. We're all on every platform out there yelling at people.
0: Just getting into Facebook death matches with people I've known since I was three years old. <laughs> yeah. <it's just laughs> Knock down, drag out bloodbaths. People like... used to trade Pokemon with. <laughs> Well, I don't want to stray too far away from the topic at hand. <laughs> I brought up this endorsement because I think we need to talk a little bit about Elizabeth Warren. Uh, because I think some of our personal friends listen to our show, and they like Elizabeth Warren. And to be frank, we we don't hate we Elizabeth Warren. We like Elizabeth Warren. Warren. We, Come on. We like
3: Elizabeth Warren. I do.
0: I think generally generally we... we like her, we think she's overall a positive uh, influence on our politics. I mean, the country's politics, not our personal politics. Uh, but we are not supporting her in the primary. I think all four of us are in pretty lockstep agreement that there's one candidate for us and she is a a second. yeah
1: i believe that either sanders or warren will most likely win the presidential nominee now don't quote me on this ever (laughs) oh i will you know we're recording this right but i believe that they will win the nomination or the presidency uh both and i think with elizabeth warren you're getting an obama successor i believe you're getting someone who an obama successor who actually takes economic reform seriously and i think that's a really good thing compared to what we've had in the past. But I think with Sanders, you're getting a big ideological leap forward and the chance for an organized leftist movement that will continue and persist regardless of whether Sanders is even still in the presidency or not.
2: God, you're making me wet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, Bernie represents the only candidate who is saying that the American system, the American economic system, is not, that is not it, chief. Oh but Warren is the one saying that this American system we can reform it to make it work for people. And I think there that's basically the difference between the two of them. I think that's fair to say. The actual policies that they support on paper at least seem to be very similar. But Yeah, closely aligned. But mm-hmm. ideologically there is a big difference between the two of them. And That's
3: a good way to it put it. It gets
1: glossed over very often the media does a terrible job of glossing over it and it seems like recently there's been a push to kind of anoint warren as the progressive candidate of choice
0: yeah and fitzgerald's quotes in this article are how she is presenting herself kind of how she's selling her campaign and her chances she is a democrat she is a capitalist she wants to make our system work she's here to fight for us in the system that currently exists
2: what do you think he means when he says make our system work
0: that's a good question uh
2: <laughs> like what
3: what problem does he have about yeah
2: like what what is he trying to get after there is he saying make it work for the lower class is he saying make it work for the the borderless middle class or, or what
0: right Like like we said earlier he specifically mentions the middle class which is you know, poorly defined. And then he says, make our system work, which I think our system is also poorly defined in in this instance. What is he talking about there? He's
3: talking about incrementalism. When I'm trying to articulate my problem with Elizabeth Warren, it's really hard to do because she's so good at what she does. And it just ends up with me, like, smashing my head against the wall, being like, the media (laughs) is a conspiracy. And, (laughs) (laughs) like, I just don't... (laughs) believe it. I don't believe it. I like have an indelible mark of Obama forever. I will never forget what that was like. Yeah. yeah I remember I remember campaigning in late high school. I remember mm-hmm. voting my first year of college. I remember the excitement. And then I remember watching it immediately turn around and like have a bunch of big bankers bailed out and into this like bullshit heritage foundation. Plan And then a bloodbath in the midterms. And this is what she's doing. Because every mm-hmm. second that she campaigns, she gets pushed more and more um, to the right. And mm-hmm. it just seems like every time she talks about something, she gets more and more wishy-washy. And it's so hard to explain to someone, like, I just don't believe her. How does that how- You know, and so then I'm accused of being sexist.
0: And while she's being pulled to the right, uh, Bernie's 2020 campaign is well to the left of his 2016 campaign.
1: Absolutely, 100 percent.
0: He's come out even harder for health care as a human right, uh, for housing rights for everybody. He's he proposed national rent control, which is a fucking huge deal.
1: Student debt relief, medical debt relief.
2: Yeah, the medical debt thing. He's really pimping that
0: right now. Not just relief, but cancellation of that Mm -hmm. debt.
2: Yeah. Well, I think the problem is, in the context
1: of American politics, people have... The Democrats are generally considered to be the voice of the working class, at least. I mean, (laughs) since the 40s (laughs) and the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, that was definitely the case. But since then, there's been a shift towards what many people call neoliberalism, where the financial uh, sector of the economy kind of takes over and i don't think it's fair to say that the democratic
0: party has been supporting workers what you were just saying evan uh reminded me of the other bernie thing uh his workplace democracy proposal is a, a huge game changer bringing if he were to you know usurp the democratic party it would bring them back to uh, a party that is built on the working class. Yeah. And if you look at the people who support Bernie, like, I, I think it's,
1: there's been a, a thing, you know, like, w- people want to say that Warren is the choice of the working class. Like, that's what gets it's her a lot of attention in the media. But if untrue. you look at the people who actually support Elizabeth Warren and send, you know, donate to her campaign, the amount of Bernie supporters who are rural working class people like far exceeds hers and her average donor makes like $100,000 a year or more.
3: It's master's degree class. It's everyone who is like a nice person who considers themselves liberal, who has a master's degree. They're just all kind of falling there. and like,
2: Mm -hmm. I think that one of the reasons that it could be good for the Democratic Party to push Warren is I think that a lot of people see her as Bernie adjacent, sort of like we do you know, like we, we literally preface this one saying like, Oh, we don't think he, she's bad. You know, uh, you know, there's some things are good. Some things aren't so great, but I think they see her as, like I said, a, a Bernie adjacent and not so radical. So they don't yep. feel so strange about trying to understand what she's saying. Uh, she sort of says these things in a language that they can understand, which is uh, a very vague, um, way of speaking about things and very unspecific about it while Bernie is very much like this is this, we're going to do this, this is this we're going to do this, this is the plan for this, this, this and you tell normal people that that don't really look too far at Look too far into what's going on, and to, that's scary to them. Like they don't understand it. To them, it's like, well, how how does that work? That's impossible. Like, how does that get paid for? Mm-hmm. But Warren offers something that's a little more digestible to those people. Yeah, and I think that I think that that's the reason we're seeing her kind of surge in recent weeks.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the divide is really that people like us and generally people are around our age, around thirty or so, generally think that. There are radical changes that need to be made to the American way of life that, like Natalie said about Obama, like to us, Obama was a massive disappointment, because we thought, you know, that all of the hope and change stuff was going to happen. And then it didn't. It really didn't. The, the Obama signature achievement is Obamacare, which has been, you know, every year, it looks worse. It's better than, you know, what we had before. But yeah. it's By a hair's margin, you know. And that's the only thing. And they had a filibuster proof majority. What we want is we want a Democratic Party that aggressively pursues the interests of the working class and doesn't just settle for what is mainstream political consensus of what is possible to get as a concession from the corporate class. Like, we don't want that. We don't want concessions. We want. We want a fucking government that actually aggressively pursues the interests of the majority of the people who live in the country. And I don't believe that Elizabeth Warren is the, the person who is going to to say that, you know, she's going to be an incrementalist, like Natalie said.
3: I am really depressed and negative about politics and stuff. And then I do get a little excited, like talking about this and being like, we're going to wrest this fucking party back from them. Like, this is our party and we're going to take it and we're going to crush them. And like, (laughs) just like the unbelievable success of Bernie and how out of nowhere it came. It just really makes me feel like we can take this back.
1: Yeah. And the thing with Elizabeth Warren is they know that all of the political wins are in the favor of the left. Basically Bernie changed all of these Democrats' platforms to be more left.
3: Yep. And so they're like, well, okay, but she we know she will take dark money, she will take lobbyist money.
1: And they know that Elizabeth Warren is less threatening to their interests than Bernie Sanders is because Bernie is the one saying, "We need to get people to to organize, we need to get people to show up. When I'm president, I'm going to have people show up in Kentucky to protest Mitch McConnell's policies." Like, yeah. We're going to actually mobilize people like Elizabeth Warren is like I'm going to fight for you in the halls of Congress Bernie is saying I am going to fight for you but I need you to show up and I need you to do this and I need you to support these things like it's and from we're the bottom burn down up the
4: halls
3: of Congress
1: Liz Warren is like <laughs> a top-down politician and Bernie Sanders is a bottom-up
0: politician
2: as a temporarily embarrassed millionaire this is very frightening to me and he's lost my support <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah he's he said from the beginning that uh, this this campaign doesn't end with Bernie Sanders being the president. It's it needs to be a bigger thing. He is just one component of a larger movement. If we if we're going to create a society that actually works for people, is fair, keeps everybody alive, you know, uh, takes care of everyone's basic needs, if we're going to restructure society that. Greatly, we need to have, like, basically a massive uprising of the downtrodden working class, mm-hmm. all, all races, all gender identities, all sexualities. The
1: only thing that actually puts fear into these corporate people's hearts is fucking massive movements of people. That is the only thing that actually changes things. And if you look at the history of society and like human civilization, that is the only thing that changes things. Just expecting to to pass some bills is never going to achieve the kind of change that that people need. Like and I think that that's just really the ideological divide and that's why we support Bernie Sanders. I will enthusiastically support Warren if she gets the nomination, but it it will feel like a a disappointment because this feels like an opportunity that that we need to take advantage of now
2: it'd feel like a consolation prize
0: yeah absolutely yeah i mean it'd be better than hillary clinton or joe biden obviously but um the, the the way that i've been summing this up is like elizabeth warren in the context of american electoral politics is a pretty good option Probably, I mean, the best in the that best, context. The best,
1: since, I mean, she's better, than, I think she'll be a better president than Obama, like I said.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at, at worst she would govern like Obama. Yeah. But Bernie is an opportunity to transcend that and actually, like.
1: Usher in a new political fucking movement. Or not even a new, a one that was destroyed and stamped yeah. out 50, Stronger. 50 Stronger. years ago. Like re-energizing of people. Yeah, it's a reboot. It's, yeah, it's a reboot of an old sitcom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're bringing cheers back, everybody.
3: (laughs) I don't want to, like, hurt people's feelings. I have a really hard time, but I get very, very frustrated with, like, the gaslighting about, like, the media and the pundit class have created this narrative as, first up, they're exactly the same. So we wrote a lot of editorials about how Bernie and and Warren are exactly the same. Second step, like, you know, like going on and on to kind of anoint her. I think that that is probably the most – I think she is probably the most likely nominee. And it makes me really upset because every day that she campaigns, um, she becomes more rightward. um, And the most important issue to every – like the number one issue to American voters is healthcare, And she – is incredibly yeah. weak sauce on it and i'm yeah. tired of like slamming my head against the wall trying to argue with people about yeah. it
1: she's hedged her bets on medicare for all a hundred times like it's very clear that yeah. that's she's not going to be committed to single-payer health care when she gets into office she really isn't going to be I would love to eat my words.
3: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> people have no idea how hard we're going to have to fight and how much less fucking stupid we're all going to have to get when it comes to the propaganda <laughs> and the media and what people are telling you about what nice things you're allowed to have and not not have. And if you're going to fall for someone just saying, oh, I support Medicare for all, end of discussion, then we're never going to get single payer because it's going to have to be a massive wisening up and fight in all of us. And I see her as she's gaslighting me. I I know that she does not support it. And I just don't know how to articulate it to people who are yelling at me that she said she did. There's a
1: very sinister attempt by the media to, you know, smooth over all of the, the differences between them. And, you know, the media has always been an instrument of the status quo. I mean, yeah. And even like universities and stuff like they are still
0: invested into the status quo. Another major difference between the two candidates that I want to make sure we get in there uh, since we're talking about how difficult this fight is going to be and whether they are really committed to these like important ideas like a single payer healthcare system. Bernie will not accept support from super PACs or large corporations. He will not accept their contributions in the primary or the general election Elizabeth Warren, on the other hand, has said in interviews that she will accept the money of large corporations and super PACs in the general election should she win the nomination. And honestly, I mean, when you are taking money from the capitalist class in this country, you are beholden to them if you are elected to office. Yeah, they don't donate for no reason. Yeah, and if... If she's signaling right now that, yes, I will accept their support and contributions in the general election, that is a signal to them saying, I'm open to being on your side if you help me get the seat of power. Yeah,
1: there's a very limited range of what is acceptable policies to the corporate class.
0: Yeah. And if we are going to get what we
1: need... And there is a sorry, very sinister attempt by the media to limit... What is, I mean, there's all this talk about electability and, and stuff like that. And it's like, hey. it's all self-fulfilling <laughs> prophecy.
0: Right. We didn't even bring up climate change yet. But if we're going to get the the changes in government that we need to survive as a country and a species, we need somebody who is like outwardly, openly and enthusiastically antagonistic towards the people in power who yeah. hold all the capital in 100%. this country and control all, all of people- our politics
1: don't want that because it's it's too you know they want to be comfortable and they want to they want i mean people don't want what little they have to be taken away from them which is understandable but they don't understand how much
0: better we could have it yeah yeah we need we need a candidate that's leading a mass movement who is saying to these people i welcome your hatred we are opposed to you we will not get what we want without destroying you and your power
3: can you imagine elizabeth saying i welcome their hatred (laughs) no (laughs) Like, (laughs) i mean she just never would and she's a true believer it's not like she just really believes the system can be fixed
0: yep capitalist to her bones she said that about herself have we said our piece on warren yeah do you think we've we've laid our case out properly i think so yeah effectively okay Well, while we're on the subject of media and corporate influence on media, we're going to introduce a new writer to the Rock Hard Caucus (laughs) canon. This is a guy named Adam Sullivan. Adam
1: B. Sullivan, please do not forget the B. The B is incredibly important. You know how
0: much more pretentious (laughs) it makes an in middle initial makes you sound? (laughs) Well... As a man who goes by Justin K. Comer professionally, yes, I do understand uh, <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this is someone who's about our age who we have interacted with on a personal level. He follows the show on Twitter. That's right. he's going He's going to listen to this, hey, I'm Adam. sure. <laughs> uh, he writes for the Cedar Rapids Gazette now. He has a column uh, titled "At Liberty," which is published, I believe several times a week. And this is his bio here on thegazette.com. I serve as a columnist and editorial writer from the Gazette's Iowa City newsroom, focusing on state and local government. I am a lifelong Iowan, and I previously worked as a news reporter, public relations manager, and political organizer. I've survived three Iowa caucus seasons so far in my adult life, once as a voter, once as a journalist, and once as a campaign hack. (laughs) Parentheses. We lost bigly. (laughs) <laughs> Outside of newspapers and politics, I'm passionate about country music and I excel at writing short bios about myself. So
1: the thing with Adam Sullivan is he's like a, a super libertarian guy in the Joel Curtinitis mold. He worked on Rand Paul's campaign. He worked on Christopher Peters, the Republican challenger to Dave Loebsack, who is also kind of a libertarian leaning guy because yes, I guess that's the only people you can run in Johnson County. Um, <laughs> yes, absolutely. He's the only Republican that is not hated here, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, yeah, so Adam Sullivan <laughs> he is basically a libertarian, however, he has slightly more self awareness than someone like Joel Curtinitis, as you can like see in that self deprecating bio, <laughs> and he generally has a better understanding of maybe like our age demographic, and like he pushes definitely the uh legalizing marijuana and the like ending the endless war overseas type libertarian yeah. stuff, which is stuff that we hundred yeah. percent agree with, but you know, the rest of it, we could, you know, shit all over because it's horrible garbage,
0: but you know, <laughs> yeah I will say he recently he wrote an article about the Antifa professor situation with Jeff Klinsman which for the most part was a pretty good article but at the end sort of does a both sides kind of thing
2: just like Bioshock
0: <laughs> right right yeah Adam is basically the Bioshock of, of of Iowa papers
2: all
1: right so and I also I want to tell a few stories about Adam Sullivan before we get into our do. our, our uh, article <laughs> sure. for the day uh Adam Sullivan used to be the editor-in-chief of the daily iowan he was the editor-in-chief and he was basically he resigned suddenly uh because they had published an article on the front page of the paper about the number of people who get uh who are using meth who burn themselves either making it or i guess i assume probably making it but the number of cases of people using meth being treated at university of iowa hospitals and so they published this article and with the article, they included a picture of a collage of mugshots of people who just anyone who had been convicted of a possessing methamphetamine charge in Johnson County, which were not people who had actually been treated at the University of Iowa hospital. And so it was a very misleading thing. Basically, a bunch of people who had nothing to do with the story at all being blasted on the front page of a newspaper without their permission, implying that they were people who had been treated by the hospital and also implying that the hospital had released their information somehow. No kidding. It's very gross. And like the whole process of like posting mugshots anyways is fucking gross in my opinion. Mm -hmm. So that's that's pretty fucking gross. And so he got resigned for that. Uh, there's also another instance, which is hilarious to me about, uh, Our our dear friend Adam Sullivan getting into it with uh, noted stoner, Hollywood stoner, Seth (laughs) Rogan. A brush with fame. I think most people have heard of Seth Rogen. He um, like weed. <laughs>
0: I've heard of him. Yes.
1: So Seth Rogen, he went to, I guess his mom suffers from Alzheimer's or maybe his grandmother or someone in his family suffers from Alzheimer's. And so he has an Alzheimer's um, research, I believe, uh, charity that he has been promoting. And he went to Congress to speak about Alzheimer's he uh, went there and then adam sullivan i guess he took offense to this found something about this didn't rub right with him that a celebrity would use their like massive influence to talk about something like important
2: i don't care to hear any of the celebrities opinions just shut up and act shut up and play music shut up and play football Unless I agree with it. Then I want to hear it. So so Adam
1: Sullivan's review of, of Rogan's testimony to Congress. Rogan went on to deliver a pretty thoughtful message about his family's experience with Alzheimer's disease and his charity organization, but he showed his celebrity entitlement afterwards when he took to Twitter to complain about low attendance at the hearing. Not sure why only two senators oh were at the hearing. Very symbolic of how the government views Alzheimer's. Seems to be a low priority. And so he published this on his blog. Uh, that was just a snippet from that article. Uh, he posted it. Seth Rogen got wind of it and replied to him on Twitter, you are an idiot. <laughs> and got like got like 100 <laughs> likes. Yeah, the tweet that he – like actually Adam's blog, it got deleted. I guess he got embarrassed bad enough that he had to delete it and delete any tweets that referenced any blog articles that he posted. But uh, – That was some pretty good shit. But then he also, Adam made another blog post after this. Actor Seth Rogen tweeted at me yesterday to let me know I'm an idiot. He's right in general, of course, but in this case, I think he might be wrong. But I also think he's a smart guy who's doing some really important work. (laughs) Ooh, what a backdrop.
2: There's a lot going on in that statement. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, So he goes on to talk about... He runs a charity to support Alzheimer's causes, but he doesn't particularly care about other important issues. He said as much in his speech to the subcommittee, I dream of a day when my charity is no longer necessary and I can go back to being the lazy, self-involved man-child I was meant to be. A joke, sure, but not altogether. Of course Alzheimer's disease is important, so are many other issues. While Rogan's input was funny and substantive, he is not an actual expert. Can you imagine someone who has a small nonprofit but who isn't an extremely wealthy and well-known white guy talking to the internet to call out a U.S. senator who had to leave a hearing for another meeting? I don't know. I think Adam got owned, and it seems like he's just trying to uh, to cover up the, the fact. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I got Absolutely. owned. It's funny, though. <laughs> but actually... <laughs>
3: I'm in, I'm in on the joke.
1: I mean, I believe there are plenty <laughs> of other important issues that Seth Rogen could have been covering, but uh, he chose to do Alzheimer's, so I don't know what, what the problem is.
3: <laughs> Who do you think, do you think Adam voted for Trump?
2: Probably.
1: He says he didn't. not I do I don't think he did, honestly. But he, he represents the, the tiny contingent of like never Trump, Republican, libertarian leaning people who is like maybe
2: like 50,000 people <laughs> at most. Going to write in Joe Walsh then.
0: So, of course, he has a column in a local paper that publishes multiple times a week because he represents the never Trump constituency.
3: Every single one of them has a public media yep. job. <laughs> if yep. you are a never jumper, you write for the editorial.
1: Adam, no one fucking <laughs> believes in your stupid bullshit. Anyway, go on.
0: Uh, Some recent Adam headlines to get just a little context before we dive in. How can Joni Ernst be so sure that the government isn't hiding aliens at Area 51?
1: (laughs) Hilarious. Oh, hey, that's hilarious, dude. You got a good sense of
0: humor on you, boy. That's how you know he's a millennial, right, guys? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Memes, baby. I love memes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I relate. to that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What Iowans could have bought with the $1,000 lost to Trump's China tariffs. <laughs>
2: mm, a lot of kratom, that's for sure. Yeah,
0: <laughs>
2: straight up. Yeah, lots and lots of that, that sweet green shit.
0: Much maligned scooters coming to eastern Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> Today's topic: the headline of this article is curious angst over Coke bucks. <laughs>
2: I- I thought you were talking about the Koch brothers, but I was pleasantly surprised when you said Koch Oh, bugs. I have
3: bad news for you. I have bad news for you. Oh, it is. <laughs> okay.
2: I, no. Oh, no. I'm sorry, I was imagining like <laughs> like I remember Mountain Dew did this thing a while ago.
1: <laughs> like a rewards campaign.
2: <laughs> yeah, they have they have codes under the cap for you to get like double XP in Call of Duty and <laughs> get like flatbird hats like and shit. I was imagining Adam Sullivan writing an article about <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the double XP that you get from <laughs> drinking <laughs> coke. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Coke Bucks.
0: yes that's k-o-c-h curious angst over coke bucks this was published uh under adam's column at liberty in the gazette on july 28th of 2017 so we're going back a bit for this one coke money is flowing and some iowans are angry iowa state university is expected to enter an agreement with the charles coke foundation providing more than three million dollars to establish an economic research unit as first reported by the gazette this week The plan has drawn criticism from within ISU and around the state. The foundation, one branch of a larger Coke network, lists more than 300 colleges and universities it supports, including every Ivy League school and the vast majority of Big Ten and Big 12 schools. Is it possible those sponsorships are meant to support researchers who share Coke's goals and interests?
2: Wow, how brave! Is it possible? Wow,
0: (laughs) amazing!
2: No, they're just doing it just to fucking do it.
0: (laughs) Well, he asks the question, but then he answers it. Of course, that is what all outside funders intend when they sponsor research. ISU and the University of Iowa accepted more than $1 billion in external funding combined last year, more than half of which pays for research. ISU's proposed $3.7 million Coke deal would represent less than 1% of ISU's annual external funding. Most of UI's and ISU's external funding comes from three categories— the federal government, businesses and corporations, and foundations and associations. It's not hard to think of reasons these entities might want to influence academic research, and not all of them are good reasons. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> you know, when I was young, when I was in high school, I, I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to be a sports journalist in particular. And if I would have known that it was this easy to get your bullshit published, <laughs> you just write crap like this, that it's it just you're talking in circles, you know, week after week after <laughs> week, Maybe it would have stuck with it because... I don't know. Like I, I, thought, I thought of it as a craft and not just something you fucking <laughs> jizz out onto the fucking computer. Well,
0: let's take a few more laps around the circles here. External funding in higher education presents important questions about academic independence and outside influence, but those concerns didn't seem to exist in Iowa until the Koch brothers opened their checkbooks. Interesting. The reaction is visceral and unfounded. Interesting. Koch world confounds traditional political analysis because it is not strictly political. They have invested in projects meant to have a much longer-term impact. Research oh programs, <laughs> activist training, and data-gathering operations. Yeah, none of those have political <laughs> influence. Nothing, purposes. There is no
1: political motivation whatsoever for fucking Charles and David Koch. Give me a fucking break, Adam. How does your own asshole smell, motherfucker?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Forgive me. <laughs>
2: Is is there a point he's trying to make here? I feel like he's just, I, I don't understand this. Like, it, how many of his articles are like this? Like, how, how much All money has he made doing this? Is he on a fucking payroll? Uh, for I this? mean,
1: yeah, I assume so. Yes, yes, he is. Uh, dude. Uh, I don't think he probably makes that much money off of it.
2: I work so Maybe. hard and I bust my fucking ass. And this motherfucker is getting paid to write this stuff. Dude, I could have written this article in five minutes. <laughs>
0: we're about halfway through so we'll see if he gets to a larger point we'll see
2: we'll see what happens as we cross the finish line i'm sure there's something very thoughtful coming up judging (laughs) by how this has gone so far
0: i'm gonna repeat the last part because it's uh that's that's a big one i think (laughs) uh coke world confounds traditional political analysis because it is not strictly political they have invested in projects meant to have a much longer term impact uh, research programs, activist training, and data-gathering operations. Activists activist training? That's not political.
2: For what?
0: For like, getting what is insane he... right-wing fucking causes? <laughs> what kind
2: right. of fucking scope does this guy see the world Then, where he doesn't see any of those things as being political? And he specifically states those. As the reasons that they aren't political, like could you have chosen three more things that are more fucking opposite than the point you're trying to make? What a fucking moron! Yeah.
3: What reason would someone have to gather data if not to use it for, like, what? Just for the love of data, and then you light it on fire. <laughs>
2: the love of data, I do love data.
3: I just calm every time I think about data, so I do it, and then I throw it away. I don't know.
2: <laughs> I majored in data. <laughs>
0: That's like uh, Dennis Dennis Clayson's specialty being measurement from last week. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, and he says a much longer term <laughs> impact. On what? Like politics can't have a long term impact? Is he saying that it's like about more than just individual elections? Because I mean, you can have a political goal that uh, takes wow. a bit longer than electing one person. It's
1: almost like they do. It's almost like they've been like influencing the fucking political process for like fucking decades <laughs> with their money. Do you
2: think he's just? Do you think he's just stupid, or do you think that no, he just He's cynical. Doesn't understand how to word what he's the point he's trying to make. Because I feel like he's not completely dumb. I just think that he's. He's trying to frame his narrative in a way that's not coming off the way that he means it. I'm not trying to defend the guy whatsoever, but like those, exa- I-, I can't get over those being the examples of something that's not political. Like, I mean, <laughs> I think
1: most libertarians are like super naive. I think that's basically it, really.
2: That's it's a prerequisite to being a libertarian. It's just being a complete yeah.
1: fucking oblivious dumbass. Anyway, go all right. on.
0: <laughs> all right, guys, uh, brace yourselves for this next part. It's uh, All right. <laughs> all right
4: okay
0: oh my god if you want to see the product of their conspiracy look no further here i am
1: (laughs) there he is our king
0: my bookshelf is filled with literature about economics and civil liberties published for free distribution by coke-backed organizations i've participated in those groups educational seminars bookmarked their websites and donated my own money to a few To be clear, I have no formal affiliation with any Coke-funded organization, nor have I ever been paid by one, to my knowledge. Oh, there's a chance, though. Yeah. So you're telling me there's a chance that you were funded (laughs) by the Coke (laughs) brothers? I have no knowledge of this. Uh, Few are more responsible than the Cokes. Oh, I have a grammar mistake here. Uh, This is Cokes with an apostrophe S, and it Mm. should not be an apostrophe. He's just
2: shitposting.
0: Cancel his column immediately. (laughs) few are more responsible f- than the coax for the resurgence of classical liberalism within right-wing Ooh, politics. Classical <laughs> um, I mean I that somewhat classical liberalism, my favorite. Yeah,
2: classical liberals mm. like Sargon of Akkad, Tenting
1: Fingers, like Mr. Burns, <laughs> as I say classical liberalism.
2: There's a, there's a that's one thing I've noticed is a lot of these um, <clears throat> kind of like right-wing uh, YouTubers that kind of funnel into one another as like introduction to the alt-right they identify as classical liberals now and I'm not fucking sure why mm-hmm. oh
1: it's like it's economics classical liberals is like liberal economics basically like free markets over everything that's all it uh, is. The
2: free market of YouTube that sends me royalties. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's a a good market. Of, a bunch of children. A bunch of children are getting funneled into watching my videos because the algorithm just sticks them right in there after they watch a like a Let's Play video, and then they get sent to a <laughs> video about how PC culture is ruining gaming, and then suddenly they're on my channel <laughs> watching videos. It's like some fucking four-year-old with their tablet is where all my views are coming from. <laughs> <laughs> so good. I fucking hate the internet, dude. <laughs> it sucks so bad. God <laughs> damn. It blows my fucking mind. Like, I remember when YouTube was a thing and it was brand new. And I was like, well, this seems pretty cool. Like, there's no way that I could have seen uh, a, a fucking dude like PewDiePie who who made videos of himself screaming at Happy Wheels and screaming at fucking uh, Insomnia, the Dark Descent or whatever. And now he's like a fucking white nationalist icon and making hundreds of millions of dollars from people watching his fucking videos. This is insane. We are truly existing in the most bizarre timeline that we could have possibly (laughs) ended up in. All the other timelines, all the other... If you believe in string theory, all the other fucking... Uh, parallel timelines They're laughing at us They can't fucking believe What we're doing right now We are in the absolute Most ridiculous timeline That we could possibly Be existing in And it's fucking awesome Chuck
0: I'm gonna need you To hand over your Gamer badge and gun uh, The <laughs> game you were referring to Is called Amnesia The Darkest oh, <laughs> no. Damn it
2: In my defense I've never played it before But you were right it is, it is amnesia I'm sorry Fuck I said it and I was even like Fuck I think that's right I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm All sorry. All right, so the
0: the Cokes are responsible for the resurgence of classical liberalism within right wing politics. Because of them, there's a growing movement of Republicans who are skeptical of criminalization and corporate welfare, while supporting peace and social tolerance. No, there's not. I'm just going to straight up say that's not true. <laughs> no,
2: there is absolutely that not doesn't fair. exist. No, it doesn't. Oh, he likes to say that
1: because the Koch brothers are in uh, support of like legal immigration because it helps it's cheap labor for the fucking capitalist yeah. machine these people can mm-hmm.
2: be it gives you inexpensive labor that can't unionize. he, he like
1: literally thinks that that is like a um he, he literally thinks that that's like a civil right like they're doing it out of the goodness of their hearts and not because, because they want cheap labor
3: it's so naive i mean ultimately it's just
2: it's evil it's not even naive it's pure fucking evil
3: yeah you right
0: <laughs> when public universities accept outside funding they can and should establish agreements which protect intellectual independence against undue influence. Indeed, emails obtained by the Gazette show faculty at ISU took considerable time and effort to ensure that's happening in this case. Okay, so they, they may have established some sort of intellectual independence, but I'm going to say, like, if the results of the Koch research dollars don't produce effects that the Koch organization appreciates, uh, they're going to pull support next time, You're looking for money. Yes, like (laughs) it's there's an obvious connection there.
2: It's an investment. Anything, any person or anything that the Koch brothers have ever given money to, like anything, any special interest groups that's ever given money to anyone or anything, it's very clearly because they expect a return, and the return is either financial or it's having some sort of influence over a certain group of people. Like, like. Of course, like what, like what else would they be giving the money for? Because they're just fucking nice guys, and they just love Iowa State. Like, fuck off. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. They they they're not going to be like telling you what uh, results to publish or anything. Uh, most likely, I assume. But if what you bring out as a result of their research dollars does not support their interests, they're not going to give you more money later. Yeah. So you have an incentive there to produce results that they Eat would stream want. Stream of yes. money going keep it flowing exactly even if it's not explicit this is
3: just like when when they gaslighted us and told us that like the fact that washington post is owned by amazon has nothing to do with attacks on bernie there were a bunch of anti-bernie editorials and he was like yeah well that's owned by jeff bezos and everyone was like how dare you say that like we would never come in And, and it's like no but in the aggregate the people understand that there are lines that they can't cross And yeah, yeah, they're not in there telling you what to research and what to write and what not to, but it doesn't mean that there isn't an you know, an unspoken understanding that they can't say or do certain things.
0: Exactly. A true threat to intellectual freedom would be a university turning away a legitimate funding opportunity under threat of backlash by angry political activists. Because money is free speech. (laughs) If Iowans' concern over higher education funding is sincere and not politically motivated, why didn't it come up sometime during the last $1 billion? That's the end.
2: That's it? That's it. That's all it takes to get fucking published. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) I should never have given up on my dreams. I can't. I'm just picturing where I could have been right now had I not given up on. Because that was my thing with journalism. Like it's, it seems like a hard field to break into. Because like the internet was coming around and like everyone could fucking write anything and put it out there. And I was like, man, it's just, it seems like a lot of effort and a lot of student loans to like barely have a chance to do anything. Yeah. But here we are here's fucking this guy, uh, here's Joseph Dobrian, here's all these fucking morons that we've talked about already, and here they are collecting paychecks. Like, <laughs> this is infuriating. <laughs> like, I fucking hate this. <sighs>
0: I'd like uh, to examine that last uh, sentence Definitely. real quick. Uh, he says, If Iowans' concern over higher education funding is sincere and not politically motivated... Okay, you can be both sincere and politically motivated. Right, <laughs> not mutually exclusive. <laughs> right. I, I mean, just about everything you do is going to be politically motivated. I don't see how there's any lack of sincerity in that concern just because right. you're politically concerned that the Cokes are contributing to your school. I think people do have concerns about people
1: donating to universities other than the Koch brothers, too. <laughs> like, It's just that they are like right. the fucking forefront, and they give the most money, and they're the most prominent.
3: But like the Sacklers...
1: Yeah, there's plenty of other fucking evil fucking billionaires who are influencing our fucking like the whole political and educational system.
2: Do you guys think this article would have been written in the same vein if it was, let's say, friend of the show George Soros giving money to <laughs> Iowa State?
0: <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs>
2: no, you think it would have been exactly the same, just replace Coke with Soros? Yeah,
0: we went through that whole thing without mentioning uh, rest in piss, David Coke.
2: Yeah, yeah. we're a real one. I'm imagining the video for. What is that song from Fast and Furious 7?
1: Uh, the Paul Walker At the tribute. End where Paul Walker yeah. and
2: Vin Diesel are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining myself <laughs> in Vin Diesel's Ice Charger <laughs> watching <laughs> David Coke. <Koch laughs> <and> watching Coke <laughs> go, go away. <laughs> Just drive away from me. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Epstein together, Epstein <laughs> running shotgun. <laughs>
0: it's not a coincidence that they died so close together.
2: Oh, oh no. <laughs> well, I know what we're talking about next episode.
3: <laughs> can you imagine being someone who has a platform and decides to devote it to defending the Koch brothers?
2: <laughs> it's so easy. I can imagine it. It sounds easy as fuck. <laughs> Like, how much resistance do you think there was in the edit in the editorial department of, of, for for this article coming through? Like, how many people were like, "Man, should we publish this? Like, do we need to get back to him? Be like, hey, maybe trim down this a little bit. Not so much of a slant." No, they no. probably looked at it and they're like, "Looks, Looks good. good to me." Yep. There's a there's a grammatical error, but yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna say no one looked at it, and he just posted it directly to the website.
3: Yeah. I mean, like. You have this chance. You have a place to write. You have this platform, and this is what you're doing? It's lazy. I would love this chance. I would love the opportunity to get published, and I would, like, put a lot of thought into it, and you're going to defend, like, what a fucking cuck. Like, just, uh <laughs>
2: Yeah, there you go, Natalie. Get mad. Get
1: I love it. Oh, my it. God. I am <laughs> going to be just waiting for Adam Sullivan's snarky tweets about this. I'm here for <laughs> it, Adam. I, I dare you to ignore this. <laughs>
3: Adam, Adam, if you tweeted us, we're gonna like it would make us so happy. So you should probably just let this go and never think yeah. about it or about <laughs> it or tweet a bunch. <laughs> You're really good at that.
0: <laughs> so that's all we've got in terms of content for this episode. Uh, do we have any closing thoughts before we sign off?
3: Oh wait, I did. Um, vote for Chelsea Chism Vargas. Yes. Um, if you are in, yeah, if you can are you say in that name Moines, again? Yeah, Chelsea Chisholm which is C H I S M, um Vargas, and she is in, uh, Des Moines City Council's Ward Four seat
1: Yeah, uh, they actually a canvasser from. actually came to my house for her during the recording of one of our previous episodes. Really? Yeah, and I will be voting yeah, for her a... in the, the local election.
3: Nice. She's a Peruvian-American first generation and an advocacy manager, and she's really radical and really cool. So you should vote nice. for her.
2: Yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to the um, climate protester that was able to get a, uh, a picture of themselves with their sign. I believe it was published in the New York Times, and their sign was literally uh, like an anthropomorphic uh, sexy Garfield with tits. And the text on the <laughs> sign said like something about like like I'm going to piss in your shoes or something and it was like right on the fucking front page and someone just let it get straight through. I'm gonna try that to fucking find rules. it and it out. I saw it online earlier. But That's like awesome. solidarity Solidarity that is to so Sexy good. Garfield. <laughs> yeah.
3: So we have a serious political thing and we have a sexy Garfield. That's probably is that it?
0: Yeah, it was a well rounded episode. I please
1: think. do not <laughs> act like sexy Garfield isn't serious. Well, that's Garfield's true. very yeah. serious. It is very serious. But yeah, I think that's about all we got. That was a
0: hell of a lot of fun.
2: I had a lot of fun. I hope you guys did too.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Rock Hard Caucus signing off. Bye. See you next time. Bye. Peace out.
3: See no changes, wake up in the morning and I ask myself, it's life worth living should I blast myself, I'm tired of being poor and even worse I'm black, my stomach hurts so I'm looking for a purse to snatch, cops give a damn about a need, bro, pull a
4: trigger kill a nigga, he's a he.